Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Set a foundation, as you know, it's on Saturday the 14th of July. There's lots of people who signed up, but I'm hoping that at the end of this message today, there was still some of you who are in the valley of indecision. You can actually say, no, I'll get involved. I'll come and I'll do whatever I need to do. There's lots to do and there's something for everybody, no matter who you are. But I think we need to also understand why we do what we do. And uh, uh, this is my only reference that I'll, that I'll make uh, to, to, to football. Well, actually, there's, to the football, but there's two. Um, if I'm a little bit jaded this morning, around quarter to four, because uh, our windows are wide open, uh, there was somebody who thought he was Pavarotti <laughs> and, and wanted to start to announce to the world, it's coming home. It's coming out. I want to tell you, I wanted to take him home. I really wanted to take him home at quarter to four in the morning. And, he was in, and there was harmonies as well. He was really going for it. He thought he was, there were some expletives in there as well. You know, but football's coming home. And I was thinking about the football and, and there was just something that happened, particularly I watched the match last night when he went to penalties. I wonder if I could have 12 people quickly to the stage. You don't know what you're coming for. Just trust me, quickly. Just jump. I've not organised this. Quickly, 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 quickly. Come on, come on, come on, come on, guys. Come on, come on, guys. Come on, quickly. There we go, there we go. Okay, if there's more than 12, great. No, 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 no. No, no, we're not singing his voice coming home. Okay. What I want to do here, I want to just, you know, like on the penalty shootout, what happens is there's a sense in which the coach gathers the team together and the support team and he gathers them in a, in a circle and he's giving them encouragement, he's giving them instructions, he's giving them support. So I wonder if you could, Josh, gather them together over there, just as an image, because this is... Okay, this is, there we go. Okay, they've got it. I tell you what, I think one of you were that drunk on, the, on my house estate by the sound of that. Okay, that's what it sounded like, let me tell you. Okay, this, this, this is just a picture. I want to, just a bit of fun, but in your mind to just see this, because what I want to talk to us today about, just for a few minutes, is about that sense of us coming together next Saturday, and there's some instructions that I just want to give to you. They're going to be dead simple. They're going to be very practical. They're going to be very helpful. And this is going to help you in your penalty shootout. Even if you're not into football, these are going to help you to give you some instructions what to do. wonder if we could give these guys a round of applause as they, as they go. Team Arena... There's, there's two specific things as I introduce this thought, what I want us to understand. There's two very pivotal passages of scriptures that we're just going to read together, but because of time, we're not going to get into the text too much, but I want us to understand them. The first one, if you're taking notes, is found in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, and these are very pivotal verses because these are words that Jesus left the church, and he said to us, He said, now all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he's basically saying, now I give it to you. 
for you to go, verse 19, and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach people how to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then he gives them a promise. If you do this, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Some Bible commentators, most Bible commentators call this the great commission. There's a sense in which Jesus was saying to those that were there, I now commission you. I now send you with these instructions. I want you to go get it, guys. And I want you to go and preach. I want you to teach. And I want you to go and make disciples. And this is one of the reasons why we gather here today. And this is what we are instructing you in Serve Day. Because we want, as you go, we want you to believe, not that we were going to be standing on, you know, Beauvale Park, preaching and teaching in, in the traditional sense. But what we are wanting you to do is to believe that people are going to have an encounter with Jesus. That you can have an opportunity to share the wonderful good news of Jesus, not just on Saturday, but even tomorrow and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. Because this commission, Rob, was not just to the guys who understand it like a Phil Pye, our teaching pastor, who was able to get around the text and he's really, really clever. No, no, no. It's for all of us. I'm not saying you're not clever, by the way. That wasn't the inference. But, it, you know, it's for all of us. Every single one of us, this commission has been given to every single one of us. Here's for those who are taking notes, though, it's a messy job. It's a messy job. Making disciples is dead messy. You know why it's messy? Because we've all got baggage. And we've all got issues. Just turn the person next to you and say, have you got issues? Listen. Listen. (laughs) You've heard me say this before. I heard one preacher say it and I've, and I've said it myself. You know, you've got issues and they say, no, 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 I've got no issues. And that is the issue. We've all got issues. It's a messy job because what you're doing, you're unraveling people's lives and this whole making disciples, I'd love to say it's just, you know, a four-step process and then you sort it. We get you baptized. We get you full of the Holy Spirit. We get you giving. We get you plugged into a team. And then it's all wonderful, all roses, angels, river dancing over you, duvet. You've heard all. It's all wonderful. No, 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 it's not. It's messy. Why? Because we all have attitudes. We all have baggage. We've all come through experiences. We've all got things that we've got to let go of. And those things are more difficult. Am I speaking to anybody here today? Can I hear a big amen? There's five of you who believe this. Okay, but I'm going to keep preaching it. So it's a messy job. But it's the Great Commission, which is, in essence, there's a word based to this. But the second thing that we need to focus on, why, we're gonna, why we do what we do here in Arena Church and what Serve Day is all about, is now something that we call the Great Commandment. And this is found in Matthew chapter 22, and verse 34 to, 30, uh, to 40, it says this, Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they were religious people. They were religious lawyers, theologians of the day. And one of them, in verse 35, 
who was an expert. That always worries me when somebody says, I'm an expert. Oh, God help us, normally when somebody says that. But he was an expert in the law, and he was testing him. What he was trying to do was catch Jesus out. And he says, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Not only do we have the great commission, which is to go and make and teach and preach, but now we have a great commandment, which is to love God with everything that we have. All that we have, we love God. I love the passion of the English, but I have to say, and I was sincere in saying it, you know, when Kev opened, it'd be great with a football, it's exciting, you know, and terrific last night, those who were into it, I loved it. But I want to say, I'd much rather be here because this is worthwhile. I'm not just saying it, this is real. Jesus is real. Football is just a bag of wind. I like the game. Honestly, I love the game. I love cheering it on. I love Tuesdays when we were together watching it and all the rest of it. But Jesus says, please, will you love me more than football? Will you love me more than England? Will you love me more than Harry Kane? Will, Will you love me more than the beer that's going down your neck? Will you love me more than the barbecues at the end of it? I want to be loved by you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then he goes on to say, and what I also want you now to do, which was radical, I want you to love your neighbour. Who is my neighbour? Who is my neighbour? Well, in the the context of the the story that it tells us, it was a Samaritan. And they didn't mix. So people who you don't like, people who you don't love, people who are not like you. That's what Jesus was saying. I want you to love people who you wouldn't normally love. And I want you to love them like you love yourself. Oh, I feel pumped up now. I told them I'd be 20 minutes. but And that's what we're called to do. The great commission, as I've heard about, but the great commandment is to actually get in people's lives and practically serve them, love them, help them. And guess what? Those who are writing notes, I love the fact that Bob and Mandy, honestly, and Sue, they're note takers. I love it, genuinely. Write this in your notes. Messy job. It's another messy job. Why? Because people come to us again, like they do with discipleship. You know, they're messed up. They're broken. They're bruised. And I want to keep announcing to this church and to this group of people, our doors are open, not just for those who all look good in an Armani suit or dress looking smart. Our doors are open for everybody. For everybody. And by the way, the guy in the Armani suit has as much problems often as the guy who has nothing. We all have issues, remember? You don't need to turn to person here. We all have issues. Now, of course, that's got to be worked through. We've got to be careful how we do that. And this is why we are serving. This is why this church exists. But I am so pleased that we've taken the collision. Because most churches just want, they want to focus on 
the, the Great Commission. They want to preach and teach. They want everybody to come to the four walls and just come and hear me preach. Aren't I wonderful? Let me deliver my, you know, 50 minutes or an hour's message. That has no relevance to anybody. I'm being a bit edgy now, but I'll keep going with it, okay? There's boring, but there's a few people that gather. This is the Great Commission. We do it all in the four walls. We do the steps, you know. Get people through a new Christian step. Oh, we've done what we needed to. No, 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 listen. We need to preach and teach. We need great services. We want to build services that people want to come to. We want small groups. Because in small groups, people find freedom. If you're not in a group, get in a group. It's where you'll find freedom. It's where you'll find release. It's where you'll find a sense of camaraderie. It's where you can talk through your issues. We want people going through growth track because in growth track, people find a purpose. If you have not found your purpose, I want to give you just a real nice encouragement. The clock is ticking. You might not like to hear that, but it's true. The clock is ticking. But today you can find purpose. And again, one of the things that we do is through growth track. It's not the be all and end all, but it starts to make you think, wow, have I been created? What has God created me to be? So we want to build services in the, in the context of these four walls, but we also want to take the great commandment to the streets. Oh, three of you. I'll say it again, to the streets. Wonderful. And that means we're going to continue to build places, listen to me, that people need and that will practically serve them. What's the point of building places that people don't need and they don't want to come to? We need to build places that people need and people come to. That's why some of you who invested in the factory, in the hub, can you remember that a number of years ago? We needed 15,000 pounds and there were some checks that were written. I want to say it's been the greatest investment some of you have ever put. Forget your investments on the stock and shares. Forget your investments in your pension. This is the greatest investment you ever put in, a, in this thing because this will, eternity will tell its own story. And I want to say, I was down there. I'm jumping around a bit because of time, but I was down there Tuesday. I said to Lisa, who's our community pastor, I said to her, I need to do a site visit. So me and Debbie and Lisa jumped in the car and we did a site visit. I need to let you know, we've got four houses. Some of the guys who live in those houses are here. I'm not going to embarrass them at all for who you are. And Debbie leads that with Amelia and Bob and Mandy and there's other guy. Have I missed anybody else who's in that team? Okay. You know, what a great team. I met one of the tenants. It's just wonderful to meet him. Very broken. Very messed up. Could see it. You know. And I walked away. I didn't say it to them, but I'm fist pumping in my heart. I'm thinking, this is why we do what we do. I love it. I wanted to do a dance and a jump, Justice. I thought I wanted to have the moves like Justice. Okay. Oh, yeah, Josh. It's not just you who's got moves. Not just our young adults, Pastor. I've still got the moves. It's all, it is, it's all from the hips, it is. I was doing a jump because I thought, thank you, Jesus. You know, you guys get to do this. You're not there. You're not seeing it. You're not involved in it, but you are. 
Because you release the cash, you release the service, you release the prayers for us to make a difference. And then I went up to the shop. Wow, what a turnaround. I was up at the project to go there with Anne who leads that and there's a team around them. And I, and I just said to Anne, Anne, this is why you do what you do. Because the money that you make allows us to do all this. Can I hear an amen? It gives us the resource to not have to worry about money. And to say, by God's grace, we're going to keep making a difference. And I loved it. I loved seeing the staff. It was brilliant. Oh, and then, oh, come on in. I then went to the factory when Food Bank was on. Oh, my goodness. I loved it, Justice. I was absolutely, I was, I was, I was, honestly. I was. It wasn't just one of these. It was. Why? Because we were feeding people who didn't have any food. And by the way, some of these guys, and again, some of you are here, and I say this very respectfully because we're all broken in many, many ways. But you could look, they were broken. They were very broken people. And my reminder again, as I was there, this was all going popping in me as I'm there. I'm saying, Jesus, these are broken, beautiful people that you love. And by the way, I saw the team. I want to say our community team are flourishing. Oh my goodness, you're just coming alive. Some of you are here. You're coming alive with God. You're like flowers that are opening and becoming very beautiful. It's wonderful. God's got purpose over your lives. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to see. So we're serving them and then I walk in. I knew she'd be thinking, they stitched me up here. Trace is right in the middle of this you know, we have, an, we have another service that runs. It's on a Tuesday. It's down in our factory. First time I've been there for a long, long, long time. Initially pioneered by Nathan. So thanks be to God for Nathan. And then Tracy got a hold of this. You know, I'm not, I'm not evangelistic here. There are at least 40 people wow. sitting there. Wow. No food. As she's talking away through the Lord's prayer. Oh my goodness, there was some fire in her belly. She was preaching. I tell you, just for a few minutes, I was, oh, oh, I can't help myself. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Oh, Josh, <laughs> what's got into me? It's the weather. Eleanor, I'm sorry. It's just weird, isn't it? Let's just show you a picture. Let's just show you a photo. Hopefully you can see, there she is. In the top right there, preaching and all these people. And then she, sorry, then Tracy, not she, then Tracy said at the end, guys, on the back of the menu, there's the Lord's Prayer. Would you pray it with us? And all these people began to pray the Lord's Prayer. Oh, Jesus, take me home. Listen. This is why we do 
what we do. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep teaching. We're going to keep doing small groups. We're going to keep doing growth track. We're going to keep building services that people want to come to. We're going to keep making disciples. And at the same time, we're going to take the broom. And we're going to serve people practically. And we're going to help people. And we're going to love people. And we're going to encourage people. And we're going to believe that we're going to lift them up in Jesus' name. That's why we do. And it got me. I thought, it's true. These aren't just phrases, words. We're actually now building a church where people can belong. Then they can believe. And then they can become. All those three words are important. It's no good just belonging. So you can belong to the community club. You can belong to the football team. You can belong wherever. The second word is very, very important. But it's not the first word. Belonging. And believing. If you've never believed in Jesus... If you've never put your faith in Jesus, if you've never trusted Jesus, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, all this is worthless. There's a world to gain outside of this. It's called eternity. The Bible records there's heaven to gain or there's hell to shun. That is the Bible. And we don't want our good works getting missed. We don't want to miss the believing because it's important that people believe. But we want to give them an environment where they feel like they can belong. And then they can believe. And then guess what? They can become. Then they can become. And I am so pleased that we're seeing hundreds of people who are now becoming. You're now becoming something. What God ordained over your life is coming into fruition. It's taken years for some of you to believe it. But you're now stepping into it. You're now, you you belonged, you believe it. You're now becoming. And this is the collision. This is the gospel that we believe. Can I just read something as I close? Mark chapter 10. I just want to shift the gear. Probably need to take it down a gear, actually. Not up a gear. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52 is probably one of my, probably one of the, 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 the passages of scripture that I've preached from more than any other. And let's read it together. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus. Actually, the, 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 the Greek behind it was his name was unclean. So he was named unclean. Was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some of you need to be here in the, in the quietness of in a few moments of this prayer. And you need to say exactly this. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if you believe it, he will do. And your life will be changed. But many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But I love the guy. I love this guy's spirit. He says, tell me to be quiet. I'm going to shout all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. 
as we go on Saturday, in serve day, we go with minded that we're going with a great commission and a great commandment. But I want to give you three very practical pieces of advice as we go. First of all, from this passage, first of all, Jesus listened to him. For those who are taking notes, just write it. Jesus listened to him. Now, some of you, I'm not looking at anybody. Some of you like to talk a lot more than you listen. And I probably would be in that category as well. But it's a very, very important skill to obtain and just be disciplined in, to listen. And Jesus listened to him. You see, this was the first time probably that Bartimaeus had ever been heard before. Everyone everyone else was trying to silence him. They were ridiculing him. They were putting him down. And you know what that feels like when you've been ridiculed and put down. And I'm not going to ask you to, to, to raise your hand, but I know some of you have done that at school, at home, in your workplace. Ridiculed you, put you down, said you're worthless. And this is how Bartimaeus felt. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. He listened to him. He didn't just hear him, he listened to him. If we want to reach and influence the world, we need to listen. Not just to their words, but to the cry of their heart. All I will say on this has been many times people have said things to me. Very broken people. I've not listened to the words. I've heard the cry in their heart. Just longing. And that's what happened here. As we go on the field, as we're in the shops, can I encourage you to just listen to people? Will God say something to you? Or just give them a word of encouragement, of help? Even after this service today, just take a moment to listen to people. Not just to what they say, but just from their hearts. The second thing is, that Jesus didn't just listen to him, but he then invited him. Jesus invited him. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called to the blind man. And they said, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. I think we are called to invite people to come for us to invite them into our world and I understand that needs to be done very sensitively in this age where there's lots of challenges and lots of issues safeguarding all those kinds of things I get all that please do not misunderstand me but we are called to invite people into our world Jesus didn't build walls we've sung it What did he do? Yeah, he belted them down. Jesus built bridges, didn't destroy bridges. Jesus didn't grow hedges, he tore them down. What I'm saying is Jesus invited those who normally you can't invite. Prostitutes, immoral women, tax collectors, drunkards. Now there were some rich young rulers thrown in there as well. Jesus invited them. Let's use the field as an opportunity as we have conversations because we're hearing and listening to invite people into our worlds. Again, be very careful how we do that. 
not asking us to do anything crazy. In the boundaries of arena, you'll, there's policies all around that and there'll be guidance around that. But what I'm trying to say is, let's invite people. Yeah. And thirdly, because of time, I love this. Jesus helped him. What's the point of inviting somebody if you're then not going to help them? What's the point of listening to them if you're then not going to help them? Verse 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? We sometimes have to stop and ask the people in our world, what do you want me to do for you? This is life-changing. Because we tend to live, what can you do for me? And if you can't do anything for me, do I even want to know you? Oh, did I just say that out loud? Sorry. And we've all been there. Phil will know this. I have to be careful with podcasts. That's why some ministry gatherings that I go to, pastors' gatherings, I know full well some people, they only want to know you if they think you are somebody. And if you are not somebody, then they don't want to know you. And by the way, I can't, no, I can't do it. I feel like wanting to do something behind the back. So that would be wrong of me. I'd be sinning, Lisa. I want to be in a context where I will try and help you and do everything I can to help you and I trust that you would do everything in your power to help me. Jesus helped him and he didn't just help him practically but he helped him with a supernatural touch. I am praying that there will be a supernatural touch, Tracy, on serve day. There will be a supernatural touch on serve day in both locations that as we go, would have, there'd be a, an element of a supernatural, not weirdness, but there'd just be a supernatural touch that takes place. Let's listen, let's invite, let's help. Finish. Foundation and the commission and commandment of these things is love. Go in love, yeah. speak in love, yeah. serve in love, and listen in love. And Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. Love always wins through. May God help us in Jesus' name. Come on, let's bow our heads, close our eyes.